Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Your Average Netizens. This is Ash. I am joined by Jimin. Hello. And Nat. Hello. And it is time for our annual Nyan Awards of 2020. And we will be going through the best of the best that we chose for this year and to the best of our ability since 2020 frankly was a dumpster fire but we will be giving our opinions on the best singles the best albums the best groups and um i guess unless you guys want to give like a little like rundown on what you've been listening to or anything we can get started sure but i have to say really quickly um not trying to roast you another ash but it was funny how you said our annual niam awards of 2020 yeah (laughs) that was a little i wasn't really yeah (laughs) i was buying in my head i just thought it was funny um uh anyway no but yeah that, that sounds like a good idea um my list frankly my playlist is gonna be pretty quick i've been listening to a lot of stuff um a lot of different western music i've been listening to a lot of throwback stuff a lot of stuff from the early 2000s late 90s uh as well as a lot of like ex- super throwback like 70s a lot of disco gloria Gaynor, um all, just all kind of stuff um but in terms of k-pop it's been all two by two all day you already know like i've added some even more of their tracks i just realized that Almost all their songs are bops. Like, I don't think they come out with, I don't think they ever miss, but I realized I added. So, I think last time I talked about Can't You See Me and Can't We Just Leave the Monster Alive and Blue Hour and like We Lost the Summer and these songs, right? Um, I've also been listening to, and then Fairy of Shampoo. Um, I've been listening to Maze in the Mirror, Our Summer, New Rules, which New Rules is a certified banger. Um, Honestly, even uh, Runaway is growing on me, and I don't even like that song, but it's growing on me. Um, and Drama is growing on me as well. <laughs> like, honestly, at some point, we're just going to have to listen to um, the Dream Chapter Eternity. I think that's the first album. No, the, the Dream Chapter Star. Um, even like songs like Boo Orange and like Cat and Dog. We used to roast Cat and Dog all the time. <laughs> Cause I, I'll be real, it's, it still deserves to be roasted. But like, it kind of has like a banging melody. Like, I see why people like it. Um, I'm such text trash. Uh, anyway, but yeah, that's mainly what I've been listening to, sprinkled in with a little bit of Tameen here and there, uh, a little bit of Shiny, throwback Shiny. Um, and that's really it. And Luna, Luna's star. I can't think of. I think I listened to some Seventeen the other day when I was working out, but I feel like that's it. I don't. I, I don't need. Oh, got seven breath, breathe breath. I think it's supposed to be breathe. Um, last piece is cute, <laughs> girl. But they say breathe in the song. They say the song is literally no narsum she get, which means um. Wait, no, not supposed to get here. I breathe you. You yeah, breathe but me. The actual English freaking title of that song is breath. Right. But I what I was saying is I don't know if it's supposed to be breath or they just don't know how to spell breathe. <laughs> because you don't a lot of people make that mistake. No, well, the English title for that last their last studio album is Breath of Love, Last Piece. So 
I think it's intentionally supposed to be breath. Breath. Yeah. I mean, they got Mark on the team, and Mark is, you know, an English speaker mm. from LA. So Child, Mark English <laughs> is about as good as my Korean. It's in and out. <laughs> I'm serious. I'm not trying to be funny. It'd be in yeah. and out. And that's what, yeah. but you know what? Nothing's wrong with that because that's what yeah. happens when you live in another country full time and you never speak. Uh, and you never use language. language. Yeah. So, um, okay. Fair enough. Breath. Um, and last piece, I need to edit it so I can edit the uh, breakdown section out. But other than that, that song is really good too. And I'm thinking about um, mashing it up with Temin's idea because it would sound good. I'm going to do it and it's going to sound great. Um, but yeah, that's really it. Oh, Lauren Hill. Not K-pop, but been listening to Lauren Hill and Brandy and Monica. That's it. I'm done. Next, Ash, what have you been listening to? I've been listening to um, the K-pop side. Um, actually, some Everglow. And I'm listening to a lot of their B-sides, and I've been enjoying quite a bit. Um, I just, you know, in trying to remember, like, the people, the artists that I actually enjoyed this year, Everglow actually, like, was one of the first that came to mind. So, um, yeah, I've been listening to um, their latest efforts, and... Then as far as Western music, I've just been listening to a lot of like indie pop, um, listening to Little Mix's Confetti and what else? Um, I'm listening to a lot of also like throwback stuff, a lot of Mariah and Whitney and things like that. So yeah, that. I've been listening to a lot of Got Seven lately. So I've been watching like their live tours and um, just basically everything that YouTube sort of pops at me. I am in love with Aura, which is from their last mini. Uh, I'm sorry, not, yeah, I think it's their last mini because Breath of Love is a full album. Uh, so Die was what was released earlier this year with um, Not By The Moon. And that was a mini. And so, yeah, Aura is like the banger. You listen, I can listen to that on repeat. It's sexy. It's fun. I love it. Uh, I've been listening to just, you know, like the on Apple Music, they have like this thing, the station where it's based on like the songs that you've saved to your, you know, playlist or your library or whatever. And then they sort of add recommendations based on what you're listening to. So I've been listening, I've just been listening to that pretty much. I don't know. I, it's not that I haven't really been looking for music. It's just been so busy with other things that like, I just need something in the background. I don't need, you know, things to be too distracting, but I do want to have sort of something like, white noise in the back so sometimes I'll just do that um, and the station's really cool because then I can kind of click on it and and on like the songs that I like and add them to my library so I've been discovering some music from there but yeah I think mostly in terms of k-pop it's been like got seven uh Sonoshi day and uh I've been listening I saw the super junior performance and I actually kind of like their new song uh 
it has a very like phantom of the opera kind of vibe by the look of it and it sounds good so we'll see and i've been watching a lot of the end of the year um performances and i've been watching those as well too uh based somewhat on recommendations from twitter but also just in general just to see you know who who was at the top because <laughs> that's usually who performs at these things and so i've been watching those and mm, they're all right but that's about it for me so before we get into the actual words let's take a quick break hey guys it's nat make sure to check out all of our exclusive nyan content available only at nyan edizens on patreon each week we'll be hosting new and exciting content such as album reviews special episodes live streams and much much more stay tuned to nyan edizens on patreon for more that's n-y-a-n edizens now let's get back to the show. Boop, 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 boop. And we're back. I'm trying to do um, you know how they have uh music music? Before? <laughs> no, no, like uh, you know, like the 20th Century Fox, like before movie. Oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. music to me. introduce the awards. Yes. I don't know. The we'll, Grammy we'll music to introduce the awards. Maybe what should we call our? Uh, should we call these the uh, the whammies? Why can't they? Be I called? feel like somebody has taken that. Oh really? It sounds oh. familiar. How about the Nyanis? The Nyanis. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dead. <laughs> or like um, netizens. We could call the it just Razzie, the yeah. or the yeah the Zens the Zens we can call the it the Zens I don't know. <laughs> uh, so we should get into the awards themselves. Yeah, I feel, I feel honestly like maybe we should save the best, the best, yeah, yeah, the best artists of the year and the worst artists of the year to the end, and so sort of you- just do everything else before that. Okay, so save best and worst artists of the year to the end yeah. and do all of the and then also maybe best and best and worst song. Yeah, yeah, we can save those to the end. Okay, so those, those are like, the those are the dead songs right yeah, there. Exactly the dead songs. So we'll leave that. So we'll start with male groups. So best male group of twenty twenty. Uh who wants to go first? I, I would have rather started with female group. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Female group. That's fine. So, female group of the of the best female group of the year. Uh, who wants to start? <laughs> okay. Do you guys mind if I go? No, not at all. Mm-mm. I said Real Ve- Red Velvet for this one. Uh, they simply did not disappoint me in the way that other female groups, girl groups did. Um, and I have to say, after I listened to Jamie's, okay, I, now full disclosure, I've never listened to the original Irene and Sulky version of Monster. It's, that's what it is, right? Yeah. Um, but after listening to Jamie, aka Jimin Park from After School, fifteen and yes. I'm fifteen and, um, yeah, she killed that song. It made me, <laughs> she made me a believer. Um, and so honestly, Red Velvet, even though they haven't had many activities this year, uh, 
I really do think that they were the best female group. I, I don't think any other group had quality with the like if a group it seems like other female groups if they had quality there were there was also like some some bad stuff in there too right like not so good stuff whereas red velvet i feel like they kind of just hit on target for the most part so yeah red velvet so you know they had no real releases this year outside of irene and Sulgi, right yeah yes that should tell you something I know they haven't had any activity, <laughs> but it's kind of funny that they haven't, though. So, like, it's that is kind of interesting, mean, right? Yes, uh, so right. I mean, understandably, yeah. understandable, but also, yeah. too, like, X, uh, as we'll say, XO SM is no stranger to like still making groups have activities with injured members, Ooh, like, they did it with Dream, they've done it with other groups, so I'm yeah. not. I'm kind of shocked, honestly, but uh, what about you guys? Best female group? Uh, I'll go. Uh, so I picked Dreamcatcher uh, just because I loved basically their music. I, I I love the title tracks, obviously, with Scream and Boca. And I love that Dreamcatcher is embracing so many different genres. Like Boca is sort of like um, has a very like tropical Latin feel. Uh, and they still has the rock bits, you know, so they're staying true to their core. And it's just like a fun song. And like, even like, there's a bit of like a, a pop side to it. So it's, I love it. Um, Scream itself obviously was a bit closer to what uh, we're, we know them for. And um, I mean, I loved it. And then also just the, the B-sides on these albums were just fantastic. Um, so I like, I listened to Sahara, I don't know how many times. And <laughs> so I really did enjoy Dreamcatcher. I I can't believe, like, it's kind of crazy to me that they're not more popular. Uh, but I guess that people, you know, are not into the rock thing, I guess. And also, too, my favorite mashup this year, as we all know, was that Into the Frozen um louder than bombs mix <laughs> so kudos kudos to you catcher nash confirmed illuminati <laughs> <laughs> um my favorite my best female group this year was everglow um i chose them because i feel like they came out strong with la da and i feel like for them, their sound and their look and their just everything about them has just been cultivated so well. Um, I mean, I think they could, people could easily look at them and some people may look at them and say that they're a, you know, black pink knockoff, but they have, you know, they've created their own own uh identity like so well that you know people are taking them as their own group and their music is i think a lot of times doing blackpink better than blackpink does blackpink um so i think that they're you know they had a good year and they you know they're going strong um they didn't 
like blow it out of the water. But I think that if they continue going the way that they're going, they'll eventually get that kind of big, um, you know, chart topping song that will, you know, put them in the top tier. Um, they just have to kind of, you know, keep looking for, you know, that, that song, but yeah, Everglow, I feel like they were the best female group this year for me. Mm-hmm. Yes. So anybody who doesn't like Everglow, listen to La Di Da. Uh, <laughs> because okay. that song is for the haters to all the bad guys and the players. Okay. So anyway, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta say side note just real quickly. I just saw a really funny post. That's something we've said before, but it's just the way that this person put it. It says, before you do anything to your K-pop boys, I want you to think, would you ever do this to Drake? And it's like it's like a picture of somebody. I gotta I gotta show you guys. I would have post the link in the uh stream yard, but in the meantime, we can okay. move to the next award. So the next award is for worst female group. Ta-dum. And I want to put a disclaimer. It's not that it doesn't necessarily mean that they dropped the worst music. It could also just be, you know, behavior. It could be, you know, disappointments maybe in the level of the music that they dropped this year, you know, compared to last. There's a lot of extenuating circumstances here. Okay, people, it's not like they suck and we'll never listen to them again. It's not that. So I'm going to start you know, after saying all that to say that my pick is Blackpink. <laughs> so <laughs> I say Blackpink because as somebody who has definitely enjoyed Blackpink's music before, I loved their mini, I believe it's called Square Up, and it's the one with um Really and um what's that single? 4D and things like that. So um I don't know, I just this year I mean okay. Disclaimer, I didn't actually hate How You Like That. I thought it had very catchy parts, but the song itself was just so much a copy of Kill This Love and 4D that it just, it really didn't leave that much of a lasting impression on me because the things that I really liked about Kill This Love and 4D, like, I also like the songs, you know, um, with how you like that. I mean, I can make fun of Lisa's bada boom, bada boom thing. You know, I can make fun of that all I want, but it's not really, you know, it's not a good song overall, just personally. And then they dropped the album. Oh, wait, before they dropped the album, they had two uh, features with Lady Gaga, with Sarah Kennedy, not great, and Ice Cream, which I did not like. And then we had the album, which was eight songs. Three of them were songs, I believe, that they had already dropped. And the songs, the remaining songs were just not great. They were not very original. They didn't stand out. They weren't even that fun. I mean, it just, it felt like they were trying to play a role, you know, as a group. And I'm, I'm obviously K-pop groups, you know, like, they have roles you know that's kind of the point of k-pop you know um sort of like this fantasy but like them rapping about you know being skinny and how that's a flex you know and being pretty and savage but 
what's savage about them you know like i don't know i just <laughs> i felt that the songs were off i didn't believe them i didn't think they sounded that great and they just like i don't know it just felt like there was no growth it felt like a regression i think that was the worst part for me is that it did feel like a regression it didn't surprise me it didn't like i listened to that main, that album so many times hoping to get into it and it just never happened I don't even look for um, how you like that. I was gonna say kill this love. You see, I'm confusing them now. I didn't even look for how you like that after the initial drop. I just honestly like I just I kind of remember it, but like it happened, you know. So for me, as somebody who does enjoy Blackpink's music and I like the girls and I wish them all the best, you know, obviously musically. I was very disappointed. I thought they just did nothing good this year. So um, or yeah yeah nothing good i would say so for me blackpink was the worst female group of the year who wants to go next uh i'll go um so for me we are talking about disappointments so for me that's why i picked espa um I just feel like for an SM group, they're just very, I mean, obviously SM's putting a lot of money and a lot of time into this group up with the AI um, concept and everything, but it just feels so disjointed somehow. And the group itself, like the the girls, like I don't feel that SM magic with them like you know even with like Red Velvet like as rushed as their release was you know during the whole FX fiasco like you felt something special in like their their music and their concepts and the way that they were presented to the public and I mean maybe we should give Espa some time, you know, I mean, they've only come out with Black Mamba, but, um, I, I just feel like there, that is something that's just off and maybe it's because, you know, people are saying that, that they're kind of copying Blackpink a bit and that might be it, you know, maybe SM should, you know, try and stay in their lane a little bit. Um, and, you know, do what they're good at doing. Um, and that is kind of keeping to their own brand and, and, you know, producing groups out of their own, you know, out of their own like concepts and ideas as opposed to trying to, you know, just copy what's, what's popular. So I, I don't know. I just, it was a very like let down for me. So yeah, that's why I, that's why I picked them. Yeah, same. Uh, Espa is my voice girl group of the year. Very underwhelmed and really Ash said it all. So we can move on to the next category. Nat, where are you at? Hi. <laughs> so now we're going to take a look at the best male group. 
And who wants to go first? Okay, I'll go first. (laughs) (laughs) So, I have been listening to so many boy groups this year, which is, as I told you guys before, before we started recording, that is so unique for me because I usually listen to so many girl groups. And I still do, but none of them were new for the most part, outside of like Everglow and Luna Star. I, you know, it was just, you know, second gen girls, (laughs) as I do. But I have been talking all year about how Monster X's All About Love is my favorite album this year. Uh, It's up there with The Weeknd's After Hours, which is like, you know, my other favorite album this year. And I love everything about All About Love. I like how Monster X gave us a different side of themselves and they they were giving us mature music. They were giving us, I don't know, just fun, just super fun. I love like that Johnny, the rapper became like a singer and he sounds so good. Like his tone is amazing. So he sounds really good in English. And I mean, Got Got My Number is one of my favorite songs off that album. It's very tropical feel, someone, someone, middle of the night, she's the one love you like everything on that album is so good until you get to like that pitbull song but you know that's only like three songs with ed and one is like the pitbull song and then it's like the pitbull song without pitbull (laughs) and then it's like who do you love with french mentana it's like a remix or whatever so i you know i i don't even really count them in the album that much but like you have nine perfect songs who had that this year not a lot of people I'll be very honest. So, Monster X, obviously. Well, I would be able to say my boy group, but my boy group hasn't had nine songs. (laughs) (laughs) Next year, they will. Putting it out Also, is it fair for you to judge Monster X in 2020 off of their 2019 work? No, Mm. the album dropped in 2020. So, lovely. Yeah. So, who do you love? And I think someone, someone, and maybe middle of the night might have been. No, I think who do you love and middle of the night were dropped, and someone, someone maybe were like pre releases. But love you, happy without me, got my number, um, misbehave, like she's the one. I think she's the one too. Those were all like from the album, and they're all new music. And according to album music, those are the songs I listen to the most outside of who do you love. So <laughs> yes. And Monster and All About Love came out on Valentine's Day this year. So it is 2020 content. And then on top of that, my other favorite group of the year was God Seven. I have been on a very, very public steep decline into gas state territory. I love Monster X. I love their music. I love their personalities. The chaotic nature of God Seven is like. Did you mean Monster X or God Seven just now? Oh, sorry, God Seven. I'm talking about God Seven. Okay. Uh, cool. yes. Um, sorry, uh, but yes, I like love everything about God Seven. I feel like the chaotic nature of them is so akin to what I'm used to from Shinwa that it's sort of feels like just like the younger version of that group and i mean the music the music is so good like 
<laughs> but the music is so like here's the thing i'm okay with being superficial at first what i really noticed about got seven was how attractive the members were not gonna lie but then i was like let me you know listen to some of their music you know and then you call my name came out last year and that was one of my favorite songs last year and we you guys made me listen to teenager which i really did like uh if i do if sorry if you do great song just right never ever i actually liked never ever when it came out <laughs> uh lullaby like they're so a like they have so much good songs i was watching their concert and i was like like it's just bops like bops on top of bops on top of bops right now aura is like my favorite song i listen to it all the time and i listen to it on loop because i just think it's such a good song and so yeah i don't know i have really been enjoying monster x and got seven two groups i never in a million years thought that i would ever get into but also big bangs on hiatus who knows when they're coming back exos on hiatus who knows when they're gonna come back 2pm is on hiatus who knows when they're gonna come back shin was on hiatus who knows when they're gonna come back to be fair exo should be coming back soon shiny is has just come back but we don't know when the album's coming out so you know my goal that means that's very soon very grown okay so. okay i mean he'd been dropping music all throughout the year around super m in super m i mean like so i'm not surprised about that but i'm just saying like i don't know if maybe because my go-to boy groups were not around it kind of allowed me to get into these groups or if yes. music was that good. I think it's I, I feel like it's both. I feel like you yeah. I feel like you came to the realization that you don't have to be you don't have to live in the 1850s and <laughs> you know only listen to Big Bang and all that. You realize that like there is good music in these new generations and like there is. There genuinely is. I do feel like all of those things you named, I don't think it's just you started liking them because of whatever. I think you started liking them because they had good music. Uh, so, you know, that's always first, right? So. Well, I do also like One Us. Like, they were actually one of my favorite groups as well, too. They just didn't, like, outside of Come Back Home, they didn't really drop anything that I liked. Because that Busio song is not, it's not the one. So. Uh, <laughs> well, we that, oh, well, you know, if you guys want to hear more about that, the official album review is up on Patreon. So. Yeah. Give it a listen. But anyways, who wants to go next? Well, I'll go next because I had to say something real quick. I just saw something really funny. <laughs> so I was scrolling through Twitter and like uh, I saw somebody say that they wrote uh, <laughs> they wrote something. I don't know if it was like a fan fiction about uh, I, I don't really know exactly what it's about. It's like a concept, basically. Uh and then this person commented on their thing and they said, I just read it. I'm sorry, but it's not good. <laughs> How can you tell somebody oh, that? Like, why nice. would you just say that? That is so messed up. I'm not laughing because I didn't read it, so I don't know. But I just thought, like, dang, like I've never seen somebody say that to somebody before. Um, anyways, so um my boy group of the year y'all already know who it is i don't even do i have to say it you do not oh <laughs> okay <laughs> this is awesome. <laughs> <You want to. laughs> go ahead go. well do you know who it is yeah it's 
uh, tomorrow by together. Yes, tomorrow by together. Yeah. We are, I feel like I wrote them off so many times. Um, and part of it was like me just kind of doing what I told Nat not to do, which is just being resistant to newer things. I feel now that I'm looking back, I, I feel like it was definitely a part of me that was like not ready to embrace this new kind of like feeling like they were like a flower boy concept and not just my thing. It's too cute. Um, too robotic and also felt like um, they were too visual you know like you look at somebody and you're like oh like this person looks fake kind of thing um but something happened and actually it's Nat's fault if you want anybody to blame out of nowhere after we listened to can't you see me I liked it but I never really went back to it but then out of nowhere Nat was like Hey, Jimmy, let's review Blue Hour. And I was like, oh, okay. So we reviewed Blue Hour and like, I was like, okay, you know, it was okay. You know, there were songs that were decent. It had potential. Um, the MVs were decent. Um, I thought, you know, some of the styling was kind of strange. But then, like two or three weeks later, I I think I was just listening. You know how like when you're doing something, you're multitasking and you've got your music playing in the background, kind of how Nat was saying. Um, and Nat has always basically said she's found her got seven music by listening to like the YouTube recommend it. And I'm listening to the recommend it. Suddenly it starts playing Fairy of Shampoo, 20 centimeters. It starts playing new rules. It starts playing all of these bangers. And I was like, wait, I didn't know that Tomorrow by Together made music like this. I thought they basically were like a, a bootleg NCT dream, like for the longest. Girl, I was so wrong. They make really good music, like not just sonically, like, and I'm not saying, you know, they're gr the greatest singers in the world, but they also don't have a, a vocal hole, which a lot of groups, most groups have a, at least one vocal hole. Tomorrow by Together has zero vocal holes. In fact, the rapper of the group to me is the best singer. And that's, of course, Yanjuni. Um, <laughs> and like they have a lot of potential, a lot of talent. They're super funny. And it's like a lot of times it's like that the like a natural funniness that comes from like it's not got seven type funny where I feel like got seven just is out of pocket honestly nine times out of ten god seven is just doing something inappropriate and it, and it's just out of pocket whereas to my body together they're funny in a very understated way like i don't know how to explain it and you know they are kind of young so that was another barrier of entry, to, entry for me but now they're all over 18 so it's a lot easier for me to like get into not saying okay not saying that you can't be into music by younger people but it's just like for me a little bit more difficult because when i hear it it's like um i don't believe it if that makes sense i don't know nat ash maybe you guys can tell me is it weird like sometimes when you listen to music by people who are younger and if it's like music that's supposed to have a deep meaning you might think to yourself how would you even know like you probably never even been through something like that i don't know sort of bias or yeah um, age like it's ageism right basically um i can see that i mean i i personally don't like flower boy concepts just in general <laughs> so, well, okay but that's the yeah. thing right i yeah. thought they were flower boy concept yeah. they're far from that like i yeah, think, but that I think maybe 
put that out there as as um maybe like a beginning sort of um concept for them and i think that's also where you got the idea because i also thought that they were more of a flower boy concept at the beginning too right and 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 i, and I agree I, I big hit definitely i feel like pushes that sort of branding mm-hmm. a little, or at least they did like before can't you see me era they pushed that like flower boy concept um with like crown era which is like debut era and like it seems like between Crown and then like the next album, they kind of grew up a little bit. And then between that and then like, can't you see me era? They just like kind of really aged out of it. And they still make music that like <laughs> has dumb lyrics sometimes. <laughs> of course, every group does every, I mean, come on now. Like you got Migos. These men are all in their thirties making dumb music. <laughs> so, um, it, but I will say that like in terms of, the vibe I get from them, I get very like mellow, calm vibes. And when I say that, it's it's hard to explain, but like I was we were talking earlier before the show about uh tomorrow by together doing a lot of egg yo. And like I don't know, but it's just something about their vibe. Like they don't come off as like annoyingly childish or like and nothing's wrong with childish. I don't mind it. I mean, I li- heck, I like some NCT Dream stuff, but like they're not flower boys at all. Like that's and also the whole idea of them being like too perfect um, and being like clones or robots, which is like what we all said. I like the, the more I got to know them and saw their faces, the more I realized like they are all very distinct. And they're all also another thing that drew me <laughs> there's so many things that drew me to this group this year <laughs> but like another thing that drew me to them is like they're all like really tall like they've got two members that are like six one <laughs> like like which is like i don't know what's going on with this new generation like the fourth gen i don't know if they're putting like cocaine in the milk or something like that does cocaine make people taller i don't know but <laughs> but they're like giant maybe the listeners can let us know if, if cocaine makes you taller <laughs> Are you trying to roast me? <laughs> I am. <laughs> I mean, it didn't work. It wasn't funny. So, um, but back to what I was saying. I I I like this. I just like everything about them. Like they come off as like really genuine people. I think that's what I'm getting at. Is like when we talk about the whole flower boy thing. Um, I feel like a lot of that is super fake with a lot of these groups. They're not naturally like that. Um, but these guys come off as like really natural. Um, the oldest is very close in age to me. So it's not like too weird that I'd be interested in their music. Not that, But that's the thing though. I don't think you can really put an age to music like that. I don't think you can say that after a certain age, you can't be into a certain kind of music. But, um, and then I think that what else i was gonna say yeah i think they have really good music i think that's what it comes down to for me because i'm one of those people that i can't stay into a group if i don't like their music like i recently noticed that i stopped liking bts and it's just because i stopped liking the music um my love for nct like which you guys will hear about (laughs) in a moment momentarily um it's decreased because i've just stopped liking the music txt makes music that like I actually enjoy listening to on different occasions Um, and they don't all sound horrible when I'm listening to it. And 
they also are just entertaining people. I mean, it just comes down to those things for me. Um, and I, and they have so much potential to be even better. And I think don't be like me, right? Don't go into it thinking, Oh, they're just like flower boys or whatever. Give them a chance and like really hear them out. Like I said, I didn't even go out of my way to listen to them. It just happened that there I was listening to Can't You See Me and then like another one of their songs popped up on my recommended and I listened to it and I was like, wow, this is actually pretty decent. So I don't know. That's my boy group of the year. I think that they've had straight bangers. All of their tracks that were title tracks in their releases. Um, let me think. Uh, Can't You See Me, obviously. Um, and then um blue hour is a beautiful song we lost the summer is a dope song and it's a dope song with actually a pretty like relatively compared to other <laughs> k-pop that's come out it, it has it does have like a very strong meaning um and i don't like i don't usually put too much stock into that sort of thing in k-pop but i do think it's worth noting so yeah, that's my boy group of the year. And this will probably not be the last thing you hear me talk about with regards to 2 by 2 That's what the their Korean fans call them. And I thought that it was a lot better than saying um, the their whole name, Tomorrow by Together. <laughs> it's just so much easier. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Y'all got quiet. Well, we wanted to let you talk, right? Uh-huh. <laughs> Ash, who's your pick? Um, so this group I picked purely on the basis of their English work um, because I don't really care for their Korean songs, but I feel like that they've really they've really put the effort into their like English songs and it shows. So I chose my sex um, because, you know, their songs, I mean, their English stuff was, I remember it, you know, I mean, that's pretty much it. Like it, it really, it made an impact on me and, you know, with so many other groups out, in the year and the year being so chaotic, it's very kind of hard to look back and think of, you know, who really made, um, you know, made an impact on me musically or, you know, did something that was worth remembering. And, you know, when I thought back to the different songs that, you know, came out, a lot of what I remembered was like Monster X songs, um, their English work. And I mean, honestly, there's, their songs are good. Um, so I think that they, you know, they're still, I think, underappreciated in, the, in a sense, but I think that they did, that the work that they did this past year, you know, was enough to kind of, you know, make them worth being at least my life boy group of the year. Um, I, you know, their songs were good and, you know, they still made, you know, I still remember them and still go back to them, you know, now. So 
that is why I decided to choose them for best boy group. Woohoo! Once X got two. Uh, you know what's funny? I remember Ash not liking a lot of their English music. <laughs> yeah, I went back and you know, like when I was trying to think of like stuff that I remembered and I liked, a lot of it was like some of their English stuff. So I don't like all of it, but it's what made an impact on me. You know. So, nice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the world or Korea, anyways, because they actually did win their first Daesang this year. So, congrats to Monster X. Next, we have best soloist. And this could be male, female, however they identify. Okay. Who wants well, to go first? I'll go first. It's Taemin, and really, I don't think there's any competition. I think, I think Boa had a good song. Um, I remember her song and I remember thinking that when she performed it at, I think, Mama, I remember thinking that, oh, that's actually kind of a good song. Um, but I do think that Taemin, of course, being that he was more prolific as well, far and away the best soloist of the year, um, had the best, let me, let me shut up because <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> um, but I will say that, um, I am very impressed with what he's put out. Taemin continues to grow as an artist. And we talked about an album review, which I am reviewing, I am editing right now. Um, we talked a lot, uh, about his artistry and how he's able to separate himself from all the other, uh, K pop acts out there. Um, and he's really in a special lane that I feel like I don't think anybody in K pop is also occupying. I don't think anybody's occupying that dance pop kind of lane um, as far as men. Um, and I guess you could say rain, but not really. I don't, I don't really see him and Tammy in the same conversation. Um, I feel like they do different things um, and they're proficient at different things, but yeah, it's all about the tease this year. Two by two, Tammy, uh, to shiny, you know, it's all about the nice. team. So, uh, okay. <laughs> um, but Ash, who do you feel was the best soloist this year? I chose Taemin. So. Yes, because you have taste. We are, we've been <laughs> And I mean, for all the reasons you listed, I mean, he's been very prolific and I just, he's has, um, an image and a style that is just so different and unique from everyone else's that and he makes good music so yeah I picked Sunmi but I also would pick Taemin uh, honestly I only picked one <laughs> but if I was actually thinking if they're like I would have probably picked Sunmi and Taemin which is I mean, not surprising because they're just both fantastic. Sunmi, obviously, I loved everything she dropped this year. Pam, I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but I love that song. Like, I mean, I love city pop anyways. And so I was probably always going to like this song, but everything about it is just so fun and carefree. And it's such a hard year that you just... I, I love sort of like the bubbly nature of city pop and that and, and just the sound of it. And then also I loved her song with JYP when we disco. I thought that was so fun and the dance was cute. And I, 
the age factor is kind of weird in the music video, not going to lie. But I actually really enjoyed that song. And I will just listen to those two like back to back, like for months, to be honest. So uh, that's why I would pick Sunmi. But you guys are also absolutely right about Taemin. And I mean, Taemin took a while for me to really, really get into Taemin and start to like actually like him as an idol. I mean, I always respected him as an idol, but I think that this year is also when I really got into Taemin. And I think reviewing his album also really helped. But I did like Idia. I think that's how they pronounce it. I can't remember. Yeah. 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 I really like that. And I also really liked Criminal. Uh, I thought Criminal was also like such a strong, strong song. And it's so fun. And you know, you're right. Like Taemin is also is in his own lane. Like I've seen a lot of male soloists this year. And I think males like I mean, King Daniel also did really good job as well. Uh, but I don't think that there's many male soloists as much as, you know, we think of female soloists. You know, we think of uh, Sunmi. We think of Somi. We Chang-ha, think of uh, Yeah, like there's so many different. Uh, so you, you know, like there's so many different females doing different things. And with males, it's like hip hop. <laughs> and then Taemin. And now, obviously, Kai dropped his. We haven't reviewed it, though, so I'm not really going to go into Kai but and, and King Daniel. You know? And but Kai, yeah, you know what? I don't want to take anything away from... I'm, I'm sorry to... Uh, I, no, I feel no, so bad about this, but um, I don't want to take anything away from Kanye. I know I said Tamin is far and away the best, because he is, but I don't want to take anything away from Kanye. Like Nat noted, he did have... Like, he did really shock us, <laughs> like, like with Cyan. Um, and so... I, I don't want to take anything away from them. I just, it, I just can't argue with facts. I guess is where I'm coming. Yeah, no, from. absolutely. That's why I'm also bringing up Taemin, even though I didn't put him down on my list. <laughs> but mm-hmm. yes, Taemin is also like one of my favorite soloists this year. So we will then have to talk about the worst soloist this year. <laughs> this is my favorite one. No, okay, it's not my favorite one. First. I, I'll just go and get mine out the way. Alexa, just, you know, I know she just debuted last year, but like, I've never seen an artist flop every time. Like, just everything you come out with is just like not for you. And I'm not going to be one of those people that says she's not talented or doesn't have potential. I'm pretty sure I've said that before, <laughs> but I'm not going to say that right now. Instead, I'm going to say, I just think her company gives her the worst concepts and the worst songs and then expects her to pull it off like there's not very many people who can pull off bad concepts or like concepts that are just like very difficult you know and she's not like i don't know she's not at that level and also i don't think she has um charisma and i have invested time and thought into alexa and i just i don't see it and i don't see how ash and Nat see it to be honest Okay, well, Nat, I don't know what Ash voted for, but I I, I can't see how Nat sees it. Um, I actually forgot about Alexa when I made <laughs> my selection. Uh, <laughs> so I'll just go. I picked Somi because what she waiting for is so bad. And I don't think that... I don't think she has... Wait, was she the cheap music video we were no, looking for? She, no, she oh. has money. She's a budget. She's on the black label, right? She's on Teddy's label, oh. so she has money. Uh, but... For Somi, I never understood what people saw in so- Somi, but I understood how she stands out in a group. 
and how that works in her benefit. But as a solo artist, she's just not good because she's not a great singer. She's not captivating. She's not a great dancer. I mean, she's cute, but there's nothing about her that stands out. You know, like, especially when you look at her peers, like, look at Chunka, look at Sijong, uh, I think, from Google Dan. You know, like, so, like, the members are able to go off and do other things and be successful at it. And Somi is successful. You know, Korea loves her. I get it. But I just felt like there's nothing, there's no color there. You know, Somi, like, there's nothing about her that makes her, like, makes me see her on stage and think, wow, she's doing a great job. Or, yeah, great. Like, I love her music or anything like that. Or, you know, she's trying, you know, give her the benefit of the doubt. I just see, you know, somebody who shouldn't be in a group because I think that in a group, is where she she stands out the like the most because the me- mediocrity is kind of like cushion, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't want to be like and somebody's a kid, so I'm not going to be like you know like bullying her or anything like that. I just don't really get it, you know. And the same thing with Alexa. Alexa, maybe she is like really good at things. I don't know because the music that she puts out doesn't really show me anything that she's that great at. She can dance, but you know, with practice, everybody in K-pop pretty much can looks good, you know, in a music video. So yeah, I don't know. Like we met, we just mentioned a whole bunch of soloists, female soloists who are actually good and stand out and unique and they have their own own brand and they have charisma and they have, you know, they have that it factor. And I feel like Somi and Alexa do not. And I definitely open to changing my mind about this, you know, in the future because they are young and they're still, you know, not just young in age, but young as artists. So there's still so many places that they can go. But right now in 2020, it's a no-go for me. Ash, who did you pick? I picked Alexa um, for pretty much all the reasons you all said. I mean, they're putting so much money into her and it's just not working. And I, you know, I can't really determine whether it's like Jimin said, the concepts or she's just maybe she's like Somi or she needs to be in a group to stand out, Um, you know, but it's not you know, whatever she's doing right now, it's just not working. Like the songs, the, the MVs, like they're just, they're just too much and they don't make an impression or they don't make a good impression. So, yeah. All right. So we are going to go to, how many do choreography of the year? Because I feel like Envy of the Year should be also one of, like, the bottom topics. So... I feel like choreography... I wish we kind of did choreography first. uh, Now that I look at it. But, yes. Choreography of the Year. (laughs) Uh, I was going to say quickly, I Can't Stop Me by Twice. (laughs) I love it. It's fun. Um, There's a lot of, like, shaking around. Like, do-do-do-do-do. Like, I don't... It's just really cute to look at. And they look like they're having a good time. It's very athletic. They're on the floor. Um, doing some legwork and I don't know I just watch it and it kind of makes me want to do it with them so that's why I chose it I love it what about you guys 
100% agree. I can't stop me. I love their floor work. Like when I saw them on, um, wh- who's that one, um, that white man late night talk, talk show host? <laughs> Stephen Colbert? There's no. a, it's not all of them. You're talking about John Corbett, though, right? Or is it John Corbett? <laughs> oh, oh, I'm sure Steven, not a person. <laughs> Stephen um, Colbert was the one that they were that appeared was, on, right? Oh, wait, 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 Stephen Colbert. Hold on, let me go back. Ash is Stephen Colbert. What show is that? Is that the late night show? Late show? He, yeah, he has a late night yeah. show. It, him then um the one that they were on um in america where they got on the floor well i guess that's part of their choreography and they were doing that for choreography i love that um and then uh i picked a board group choreography too because that was an option um and i did like come back home very dramatic i remember when me and that watched it we reacted to it as well the um when we did the one us album review very much very very strong choreo like, actually it might be one of the most difficult choreos i've ever seen and like they were literally flying in there okay like they did everything anything you could think of that's difficult to do they did it in that mb okay (laughs) so i totally agree i should have vote for you um i didn't have one so i'll just pick twice because i just thought that one and yeah i i like their choreo for that as well so yeah i will pick twice yay twice we all love twice here so it's good anyways so uh, we are going to go to scandal of the year and i'll be just very quick uh the whole idea of boba being a flop and people actually you know having thousands of likes and replies agreeing with this it's kind of mind-blowing i don't know like i i feel like k-pop fandoms are doing the most this year and none of it not a lot of it has been good and the, i like just boa it's boa like how could you call boa a flop yeah boa's not you know at the top of the billboard charts but boa's been in the game for 20 years and she still makes fire music she still has fire performances she still stands out when a lot of your groups will not in maybe five years from now so because i mean look at super junior <laughs> you know, like, if you want an example of what becomes top groups as they decline you know look at super junior and i that's not even shade it's just the reality of it you know and, and the reality of fandom the reality of peaks in musical careers and i don't know it's just kind of crazy to me that people measure success based on a present value it's like okay so michael jackson doesn't have a top album in 2020 are you gonna tell me michael jackson is a flop uh let me uh speak to that real quick this man yeah. stole a hundred thriller sold another hundred thousand this year right like like 40 years later of course are absolutely. we still gonna be talking about okay I have to have a feeling I know what you well, no, I don't have a feeling. I know exactly what you're talking about. And I have to say this. Did you see the um who was it? It was one of the big like pop music accounts tweeted um how uh a particular song that came out a couple weeks ago <laughs> fell clean off the charts and it was the fastest fall in history on, on the Billboard charts. I did not I hear that. This. That's what makes this even funnier. 
them coming to Goa. <laughs> and also the whole, oh my God, I have, there's this other point that somebody made about how, um, like, coming for Boa is really stupid because uh, for a number of reasons, but also like literally she was like the first K-pop artist to ex- like that experiment with experimented with that like global expansion idea. Like absolutely, absolutely. Like even TVXQ, I mean, as huge as they are, like they're selling out Tokyo Dome. I think they've had like the the most amount of of attendees at their Tokyo Dome tours and things like that. And I mean, they've been in the game for almost as long as Boa. And like, they look up to her, (laughs) not just because she came out first, but because she introduced them like as a group. And when your boy groups do their like girl, girl dances or whatever, it's almost always Boa. Like I noticed that boy groups do a lot of Boa's choreo. Uh, Because you're breaking up, Nat. Uh uh. Try try talk again. Can you hear me now? Yes, great, great, great. Okay, perfect. Sorry. Uh yeah, but also just Boa's brand has always been very just powerful. Not just the music, but her concepts. I mean, she's never been one to rest- to constrain herself you know, into like a single sort of trope or concept or anything like that. She's free to do all the things that she wants to do, but she does it the bowl way. And even till, till now, like you talked about how you listen to probably better, right? Better is a fire song, you know, like, and it's a hard to perform song on top of that. I mean, like I watched the end of the award show um, tribute to her and Boa stood out in, compared to you know the the newer artists that were um doing the tributes to her she stood out like it's it's not surprising that there's only one boa you know like watching them perform her songs and none of them did a bad job i would say but none of them had like we talked about the it factor with with soloists like none of them really had that the it factor that boa has and so to see people disrespect boa because you know if you're not doing what your fave is doing, then you just don't matter. You're disqualified. It's you're unimportant like that. Like, don't be a raggedy bitch. Okay. Just don't. <laughs> Boa, people respect Boa. People love Boa. Boa. Boa is the reason that your faves are even in Japan. Please stop. Okay. Like I am so tired of fandoms like, and certain fandom wars and things like that. I'm just so tired of it because every week they say something out of pocket like this. And I'm just like, no, you cannot disrespect the queen. You cannot disrespect Boa. Not, and uh, I'm so, like, I'm getting, I'm getting heated right now. My heart rate is up. Let's, one of you guys go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my scandal of the year is known XOL Jimin of ESPA says that BTS is ugly and NCT is irrelevant. We love to see it. That had to have been the funniest thing I read all year. Now, of course, that's allegedly. I can't say that she actually said those things because, you know, you know how SM is. They have their lawyers on speed dial. Um, She allegedly said these things, but I do remember us talking about this and getting quite a hearty laugh from it. Um, And it's also, I feel like, one of the kind of a rare scandal because you rarely hear about idols like kind of talking about each other behind their backs. 
And I'm not trying to say that, you know, what she said is true, but I have to say that it's a very bold if she did, in fact, say these things very bold for like an undebuted idol to say this. And not only that, but she also like roasted her own company. She roasted SM Entertainment for basically flopping with NCT. Um, and she was basically saying I should have debuted with another company. Um, and this was allegedly um said before pre-debut so like before pre-debut that was the dumbest thing i've ever said <laughs> this is allegedly said pre-debut um to a friend nonetheless which some friend you are selling that info um but yeah i just think that's so funny and uh i called her an xol because that seemed to be the only group that she didn't say anything bad about so um seemed like she had quite a lot to say do y'all remember that though i do and i will say that I find that SM groups tend to be the ones with the most intergroup drama. Conflict, yeah. Like not like, like even like look at YG. I'm telling you, YG is a hot mess. We know this, okay? But those groups are always very loyal to each other. Like in Icon, they still openly talk still about the like, BI. Oh yeah, BI, sorry. Um, who else? Winner, like Winner doesn't really talk to Tehan as much, but like he kind of I feel like he separated himself from them more so than anything else. And that's probably the reason. The girls from 21 are so tight. Big bang. I mean, once in a while they'll include Stungry and some for whatever reason. I mean, these people are loyal to each other. JYP, everybody at JYP seems to like outside of 15N, I think that was the only real drama that I remember. And um obviously J Park. <laughs> getting the boot but everybody seems to still be friends like i watch all these youtube videos with sohi and like sunmi and jyp and rain and got seven and like everybody seems to like everybody and they all respect jyp even if they don't want to be at jyp anymore they still respect him like jimin um or jamie park when she left 15N and she had been really open about hating how the company ran everything and whatever, she's like, look, when I left, JYP took her out to dinner and said, like, if you need anything, just let me know. So she like, and she was like, look, I never had a problem with JYP. The company, yes, JYP, no. But I think the trainee system at SME is so intense that it's hard for a lot of these people to get out of the competition sort of yes oh my god i'm so glad you mentioned that because i was reading something um and it just made me wonder like do you guys think that there is like you know that type of jealousy between even members of the same group if there's like a member that's like i'm just going to use an example like um what's it what's like a top group like can <laughs> so help me out girls generation girls generation like who's the most popular member? <laughs> Yuna, uh, well, right now I would Taeyeon. say it's probably Yuna and Tan. Okay, like, do you think there's like some like intergroup conflict because Yuna and Tan like like they are more successful, or like if there are this perception of like favorites with like we know Lee Suman, he's not <laughs> he doesn't keep his favorite secret, so you know that brings up like a really good point that like this competition that SM breeds. Yeah, Ash, do you have something to add? No, I was just um, agreeing. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, in general, I feel like there has to be like, 
maybe not with girls' generation. I feel like just because they've been around for so long that, you know, they wouldn't, I, I don't know. I feel like little things like jealousy and stuff, they like, they all have their own things going on right now, but especially in groups that aren't as, haven't been around as long. I feel like it's inevitable, especially when you have people there, you know, favored and, you know, these big groups where everyone's trying to kind of get a piece of the spotlight, like that stuff is going to, you know, go on. And like you guys said, SM's trainees system is so intense that, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. Well, I mean, like an example is shiny. Like they saw each other as coworkers, you know, like outwardly people, they were acting like, you know, we're good friends, we're family here, SME, you know, whatever. But like internally they were coworkers. For the I, feel like, but I feel like shiny were, were very like candid about that though. Like yeah. there were, there were interviews where John can just flat out said like, these are my coworkers. Like, like no, 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 that's, true. That that's true. But like, if, if you're not really into shiny that way, you just like watch the music videos, you see them like on not doing like real interviews, but like on the music shows and stuff like that. It does kind of give you an idea. Like they're closer than they actually were. Like I didn't realize that key and minnow used to pop off the way that they popped off until I watched that show when they were um in Europe and, okay. and and Minnow was like trying to do his thing and he didn't want to be left alone because they were supposed to be each doing like their like mm-hmm. dream or something like that. I can't remember what yeah. and and Minnow looked like he he wanted to punch Key the whole time. So like no like, like I, I, I I that's one thing you know me really liking shiny and like yeah, noticing yeah. their interactions shiny definitely like i think i think that once they started doing their solo activities they became a little closer Absolutely. and i think i think now they are like really close like compared to how they were at the very beginning just because of you know the everything happening um but i i they always give gave me like a vibe of like we're it's like a you know how you have your work family right yeah, like you ever have you ever call you somebody like your work husband like that yeah. kind of thing i think that's kind of how shiny was where it's like there was that separation but they still were it was you it was a closeness but there was definitely like that separation like where it was like okay i'm going to distinguish work from like family whereas i feel like other like you mentioned YG. I can't talk, speak much on YG groups. I can speak more so on smaller company groups um, where I think like smaller company groups, they are like have more pressure, I feel, to come off as overly friendly. And like, and also too, it makes sense that they wouldn't feel as much competition if you're at a smaller group or, or a smaller agency. I'm sorry, because you know, you don't have to really compete for a lot of stuff, <laughs> you know? Um, but I don't know. I get where you're coming from. And I, I just wanted to speak on the shiny aspect of it just because I, I know what you're talking about. And like, I just always found it funny because shiny, it was always very clear in my eyes about what they were to each other. Um, and now, even though they're undeniably closer now, like I, it's still clear to me that like, they don't put on for like the cameras as much. Yeah. I think I somebody had like there's been a lot of talk about Blackpink putting on. I don't like I said, I don't know a lot about YG, but there's been a lot of talk about that just because like people 
I don't know if people are imagining some sort of tension between like the more popular members of Blackpink. Um, but I can I could kind of believe it more so when it's like a group of people who come from different backgrounds, if that makes sense. So like when you have XOMXOK, you can't convince me that I don't even think Lay knows Kai's real name. <laughs> I, I don't uh, think about it. Kai, like Lay, like out of all the people who've gone to the army, Lay only came here to see Dio off. And you could say that he was busy, <laughs> but if he came for that tempo video where he had no lines in the creative version <laughs> and had three cameos I, and he did his makeup and everything like that, I, I assume that they definitely have different layers and levels to their relationship. With Blackpink, I will say that. I do think they're genuinely friends. There are definitely are layers to who's closer. Like Rose, Rosie and um, Lisa, Lisa, Lisa are super close. I think because they're the youngest as well, but they are genuinely really. Like, are you serious? So close. They're like I never knew they were Magne line. I yeah. always, you know what? I always thought Rosie was the oldest. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yes, no, she just um, comes off that way. Jisoo, I think, is technically the oldest, but she's born in the same year maybe as jenny or they're like less than a year apart mm-hmm. and jenny's the leader right well uh, another reason i guess why i kind of got that got could sort of see that why people mm-hmm. would think that is because have you seen that video where they're at an award show and like all the blackpink members are like hugging up with the red velvet girls and like chatting away and then like lisa they literally like don't even acknowledge her she's just yeah. like by herself and it's like so awkward and i'm like I wonder if if a lot of that is the barrier because she's not Korean. Well, the like, thing is with Lisa, like Lisa has a lot of like there are a lot of well, they're not a lot of, but there are a fair amount of Thai um, K-pop idols, right? So her yeah. and Bam Bam used to be in the same troupe, and then on Soren's produce Soren, she actually like her Lisa and um, what's her name from Silent G Idol? I think Minnie. They went out and like they actually sound like they're friends so i think okay. that like, the tie line is closer um than maybe lisa might be to like irene or whatever like a red velvet right or i just thought it was awkward color. that like her group members it kind of felt like they left her to go and um i i could see totally see how people would would think that in that sense but like i'm like as somebody who's watched basically every documentary on Blackpink uh, including that is a <laughs> which is why I was so disappointed this year but anyways why well, uh, do I you feel say- like certain groups like when you talked about YG like obviously like the my, the first group that comes to mind for me is Big Bang like yeah. I, didn't all of them go to Taeyang's wedding yeah absolutely no, Taeyang invited almost everybody in the company to his wedding mind you so well, that's how you know that's how you know like that's like a real because I'm you're not coming to my wedding if I don't like you so yeah, no, absolutely like he invited did he invite, did he invite YG himself yeah of course of oh course. my god no of he's a criminal Taeyang he's a criminal <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because like I was watching Sohee's YouTube channel I know we're off topic but I was watching Sohee's music topic music um sorry our YouTube channel and her and JYP went out and like, it was something that they regularly do. Like just go out to dinner, you know? Um, or like him and the wonder girls. Cause he sees the wonder girls as like his first, his, his kids, like his, his, his eldest kids. Right. Obviously. Cause they're like his first group pretty much. And so they played a prank on him where son, I don't know if it was Sunny or one of them or so he, one of them were pretending that they were going to get married next. And you should have seen the man. He looked like his, 
his daughter, <laughs> like his real blood daughter had told him that she was getting married and he didn't want to let her go. Okay. So like JYP definitely has, it doesn't have that problem, but it's always SME that has these sort of issues. And obviously like some groups that have, you know, mashed up in some ways, like TVXQ and Super Junior, they're still friends with former members. The only group, and I guess the real highlight of this is Girls' Generation, because that group, I personally don't believe that they liked each other from the start. <laughs> so, <laughs> and so everything that happened with them, like the way that they always sort of popped off, like on even on like Pretty Baby and these reality shows, they were kind of like, really okay with a lot of like jabs and swipes that seemed intentional against each other and then you had tan literally straight up ignore jessica on stage in interviews like in life <laughs> for like two three years okay and like people just accepted it you know uh and and then um obviously jessica got kicked out you had hyoyin the day she got kicked out all smiles jumping up and down at the airport. Okay. Like those girls just didn't like each other. I think though, like, and what I've seen a lot of people mention is that when Jessica got kicked out a lot, it was a reality check for a lot of them because Jessica was one of the top most popular girls in the group. And I think that was also why people were jealous of her because she's kind of lazy. She comes across as kind of lazy, but she was always very, very popular. Right. And she always got a lot of lines and she always got like, you know, praise for her dancing and things like that. And so a lot of people were saying that basically after some of the girls, the lesser popular girls saw that Jessica was disposable to SME in this, in, in a, in a sense, uh, they, it was like a reality check. It's like, yeah, I'm in the biggest group, but without this group, where would I be? You know? So, and I think that also brought them a bit closer. So now I do feel like their friendship is a lot more genuine when I see them in interviews and stuff like that these days than I did in the past when I saw them in interviews. Cause I, I've watched some awkward AF interviews with girls generation prior to Jessica getting kicked out. Like tension, you could cut the tension with a knife. L literally their last performance at KCON. Um, it wasn't their last performance as a nine piece, but it was like their last performance before Jessica got kicked out. Like it was awkward. Jessica was crying on stage. Like there was a lot going on. And I do feel that the competition aspects followed them literally into their career. And a lot of the girls were openly not happy about the fact that they got no lines. Like Soyoung literally during um, I Got a Boy was like, I've been at makeup since six o'clock in the morning and I only have three lines. SME, what are you doing? Like, they were very, very, very open about the things that they were unhappy about. And I could see them being jealous of each other and each other's success. And so, yeah, I don't know. I, I do think that it's would be a very interesting conversation if we made it like a Patreon video or something like that. Just talking about drama in k-pop because there's a lot <laughs> but we've been talking about this a bit too long yes, so ash, ash what is nat you gotta wait for me to cut you off sorry <laughs> ash <laughs> what's your scandal of the year um i don't know if it i think it kind of bleeds in the 2019 but i think it happened in 2020 as well was the 
produce um, 101 produce basically series of shows and like the whole like realization that it's been rigged <laughs> from the beginning and um, you know just basically finding out that like a lot of you know idols Chinese and um, contestants on the show were kind of you know they were boxed out of like having a chance of being like in the you know X1 or being in um, iZone or being in any of the other groups so yeah I mean that one was was kind of just kind of reinforcement that you know K-pop is very um, kind of a dirty industry and there's a lot of things that go on that, you know, people tend to ignore and, and you know, go under the rug. But, um, you know, the whole produce fiasco, you know, really shows that there's a lot of, a lot of stuff going on. So, yeah, that's why I chose. So the next category is best quarantine performance. And I'll go quick this time, I promise. Super M's Wish You Were Here, but also their performance of Better Days, I feel. And um, shoot, there was another one, but I can't remember. But anyways, those were the best performances. They were fun. The guys didn't have any choreo, so they could just like be themselves. And they were goofy. They were laughing. They were like teasing each other. I don't know. They, they kind of just put a smile on my face, you know, even with the crappier that we had. So that would be my quarantine performances of the year okay mine would be uh also super m just any of their performances uh at those virtual concerts at the beginning of the year i would have said something from later in the year but technically we were only in quarantine <laughs> around march so that would have been right around the time of the uh sm concert series um what about you ash um, I don't really have a quarantine performance. I don't think I've actually watched any of them, so I don't really have one like to offer <laughs> for this category. That is all right. Mm -hmm. So the next category is what disbanded group should have made a comeback to heal the world? And I picked Sistar because Summer has never been the same since <laughs> they expanded. What about you guys? Well, you know, as two by two said, we lost the summer. And that was that what they were really trying to say is we lost this star. Um that did not go well. <laughs> I, I, I just thought you were gonna say something else, but I thought oh, that was true. Yeah. I was gonna say <laughs> My um my answer was uh word for word none stay gone. Aww. I, Ash. <laughs> I was going to put uh Wonder Girls because I do miss them. So definitely I, I agree. Okay. So can I songs we chose last year that fell off and songs that should have been on the list? You know what, girl? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, since that's um, yeah, I think you say you're saving MV, so yeah. Yes. So I will be very, 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 very quick and say that songs that 
fell off for me. Um, it's funny when I created this category, I had something in mind, but now I have completely forgotten it. So <laughs> I'm gonna just quickly take a look at my response to this and just uh, your response. I'm gonna tell you now, your response it doesn't actually answer the question. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, okay, give me one uh, first minute and then I will go. Okay, you were super muffled at the end, but I will go first. Song that fell off for me was Highway to Heaven by NCT 127. I feel like a lot of uh, songs from that like superhuman era fell off for me from last year, including like jet lag and stuff. They're still decent songs. I just don't think they like, they're not as good as I think I thought they were originally. And I think the reason why is because I, I think when you distance yourself from a song and then you come back to it, that's like the real testament of how good it is. And so for me, I kind of wore out Highway to Heaven and Jetlag. And then I came back to them and I realized like, oh, they're just kind of average songs, you know? Um, in terms of songs that should have been on the list last year that did not make any, well, we technically we didn't have a list last year because we did top 100 songs of the decade. But, <laughs> um, if we did have a list, Crown by Two by Two should have been on there. Crown is such a cute song. There were, I don't get how people roasted that song. It was so cute. New Rules by Two by Two should have been on there. That is, that is, that is like my new obsession. Like, I can't let me go, let me go, let me go, go, go. Like, I literally, and just everything about it, the, the lyrics actually make so much sense. Like, you don't understand. This is, this is like the conundrum of like liking K-pop because it doesn't matter if you speak Korean or not. Nine times out of ten, the lyrics make no sense, even if it's in Korean and you speak Korean. But like, it's so refreshing when the lyrics make sense. Um, and it tells a story that it's just like, and, and new, new Rules is like not a traditional story, but like it does tell a story with a song about like wanting to break free and do what you want to do and not follow the rules. Um, Pop and star should have been listed. Pop and star is completely nonsensical. It's, <laughs> I don't understand that. It's the exact opposite of new rules and the fact that the lyrics don't make sense at all. Um, at least <laughs> for the most part. Uh, but it's got such a, it makes you <laughs> pop explosion. It's just so <laughs> fun it's such a fun song um and then of course can't we just leave the monster alive i'm pretty sure that did come out in 2019 let me just double check really quickly um that i think was on the same yeah the dream chapter magic it was on the same album as um magic island um that song is just great i mean that song is incredible the ad lives at the end with Tehan. um we gotta have to review that uh album um at some point because I remember Nat being interested, um, but we never got around to it. So, yeah, if you guys want to hear that, put that in the comments. We love to hit us up on Twitter because we love to know if you guys want to hear that because we definitely want to record it. Um, but yeah, that is really it for me. I think that really last year actually had some pretty strong music compared to this year to the point where I don't think a lot of stuff actually fell off. I don't know. And what do you think, Ash? Like, do you feel like there's a lot of stuff that fell off? I honestly can't think of anything that 
like I was going to take a pass for this one because I can't really, I can't really think of anything from 2019 that I would say fell off for me. Um, in particular, I can't think of any. Nice. That's because you have good taste. <laughs> well, back to me. Uh, so I I did remember actually just as you were saying it that we didn't actually do a list last year. So <laughs> it is kind of hard. But I remember listening to um Ung a lot. And I barely listened to it this year. I'm, I still like the song, but I barely listened to it this year. I really liked um Drum Drum and I still listen to I'm So Sick, which is a single from before that. So I would say maybe that would count as something in terms of things that should have been on the list. I feel like 2019 like i'm actually looking through like the apple music you know the best of 2019 and i mean most of the songs that i liked last year like i really really liked like fancy and um dropping and like i don't know valkyrie you know like those are songs that i still actually really like so i don't know i would say that um if we had done a list i might not have put things on it like Bon Bon Chocolate, maybe, uh, or Dala Dala, but there's no Dala Dala didn't need to be on there in 2019, (laughs) let alone 2020. (laughs) I actually kind of liked it last year when it dropped, and then I I know, and it fell off for me, so you know, whatever. Uh, but then there's songs that I absolutely adored, like Chunga's Gotta Go. I mean, I can still listen to that song on loop, it's fine, you know. Fancy, as I mentioned, you call them my name, you know, like Blue by Taeyeon. Like these are A plus, A plus, A plus. Valkyrie by One Us, fantastic. I almost played it by accident. Good song. So, anyways, that would have been my choice for that. Okay. So, the next category will be what was the best episode we did this year? Yay. I'll go first because it's just quick. I think our best episode was No Justice, No Peace. Um, I think that we touched a lot of really important topics that kind of, uh, you know, as black women, you know, it, it really hits at what the intersection of our podcast is and, and what our podcast is about. It's it's about K-pop, but it's also about the black experience in the K-pop realm and the K-pop fandom and, and industry really and, and maneuvering around in that world. and we talk a lot about the K-pop side of it and it was nice to have an episode where we were able to dedicate a lot of that time, bringing awareness to not, not just bringing awareness. I wouldn't even say bringing awareness to, but just like discussing issues that we face and um, things that are going on in the world. Um, And I don't know. I just thought that it was a a good episode and and it was very high quality. And I think that um, no matter what side of the, uh, what do you want to call it? The political pendulum spectrum. spectrum. Yeah, no matter what side you fall on, I think you can always walk away um, from that episode having not only learned something, but also just like uh, connected with the the plight of um, black people in America, um, and uh, also all over the world. So I don't know. I just thought it was really, really uh, refreshing. And then another episode that I really think 
is a very strong episode for us. It's actually a, a Patreon episode. It's an album review, our weekly album review. And I know you guys might be thinking, oh, well, like it's an album review. How can it be, you know, this, that, and other. In our album reviews, if you haven't ever listened before, we take a more... Um, a more of a discussion approach. Like, yeah, we give our opinions and our review and our reaction, but like we try to discuss like granular details about the album and, um, and, and things surrounding the album. And I think on the weekly album review, as I was editing it a couple weeks ago, um, I was thinking like, this episode is really enjoyable. Like it's so fresh. And we're talking about this, this new group and, they have an interesting concept and we're like just really interested in what they have to offer. And it, I think it was like the first time in a while that I had felt like that in K-pop in 2020. And I think it was memorable for me because I don't, I don't remember prior to doing that weekly album review. I don't remember feeling um, refreshed. I think is that that's like my word of the day. I don't remember feeling refreshed by uh, a group. As, as I did with weekly, um, particularly with girl groups, just because there hasn't been a lot of uh, activity from some of my more, my, some of my favorite groups and my, the groups I prefer. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Those are my top episodes. I know we could only pick one, but I, I decided it's a loophole if I pick a Patreon episode. So what about you, Nat? I really liked the episode we did with Tamar. So that would have been um, and that I think was right before the quarantine hit as well, too. So maybe like that also added like a bit of specialness because we had done it in like February or March or something like that before the lockdowns and all the <sighs> things had happened. So I know it kind of reminds me of better days <laughs> in a way. Uh, but I've also basically enjoyed most of the album reviews that we've done. Even the ones for albums that we didn't really like as much. I don't know. I just really like going through albums, listening to the songs. I know. Finding ways to to make them more coherent, make them blend better, make them sound better. And make you feel like a like a like a label executive now. Yeah, I don't know. It kind of like looking at it kind of gives me a new perspective on music, uh, in terms of just like a music musicality overall like it's different from when we watch the music videos you know because that's very visual you know this is just like this is basically just the audio that you're listening to and you're sort of forming an opinion on it and it's usually like we've done a lot of groups that i've never heard of before or i just ne i never listened to music from like or b-sides from and things like that so it has helped me sort of introduce myself to a lot of music because a lot of times people in k-pop only listen to title tracks sorry only listen to title tracks for their faves you know yeah. uh and a lot of times there's so many there's so much more you know to enjoy and it has given me a different perspective on k-pop for sure so i do really really enjoy our album reviews on patreon and i mean obviously like i'm gonna say you guys should definitely be a part of our patreon if you want to enjoy them as well uh we and we do laugh a lot on those i noticed that like i mean of course we we you know shoot the shit here too but like i think on those it's a it's a special kind of thing it's just it's, it's a little bit different um and i find that we there's a lot more things that are more happy and upbeat in those and i think the reason why is just because, you know, with the news, you're going to get a mixed bag. You never know what's going to happen um, with the album. It's just the music, you know, and you get to really kind of get at the heart of what you came to K-pop 
for. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we're going to get Ash to do some album reviews and we're going to find her the perfect album from a new group. It's, no, it's going to be from uh, Tomorrow by Together. Ash, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what about you? Um, I agree with you, Jimin. I would say it's no justice, no peace for me for all the reasons that you stated. Um, it's just really comprehensive um, episode that really, you know, gets at the core of, of what we are and um, our kind of our ideals and um, what we are trying to offer as a podcast. So, yeah. I also like that episode as well. I just went with something fun. Sorry. <laughs> I can put that in there. <laughs> so, the next category could be uh, K-Idol that helped you get through the pandemic. I will be quick as well. Got7, Super M, and all of the YouTubers that I have watched this year. I have pretty much watched every single idol on YouTube who has a YouTube channel. And I've watched multiple videos from them. Latest, Eric Nams and um, the one that Big Matt, Ashley, and Penny will do called Get Real. I'm actually really enjoying these, these both of these podcasts. Uh, I've so. seen gifts from that one. And the girl on there, I don't know her, I guess that's Ashley. Ashley from Ladies Cold, yes. She is, she made um BM from Card. It's from Card, right? Yes, Big Matthew. Big Matthew, okay, yes. Uh <laughs> it was so funny because he had said something and it was like vaguely stupid, and she was making this face, and it was so funny. <laughs> I was like, how does she do this show with him? Like, I could never do a show with him. He just seems so cringy. Like, not in a rude, like not in a bad way, but just in like a one of those people that is like um their humor is just very different. And I don't know, he it just seemed really funny to me. Um, I probably I don't know if we should air that or not because he speaks English and like I don't want I don't want to burn any bridges. <laughs> no, 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 no. The thing is, like, uh, they are very different, unique sort of personalities. A lot of the American, you know, Asian Americans or like English speakers, they tend to sort of like be friends together <laughs> um, in the K-pop world because you know, like, especially if you're from America, going to Korea is a big culture shock in a lot of ways too. So. Uh, they have been friends for a very long time and it comes across in their conversations that they have and just like talking about their jobs, you know, in the K-pop world, whether they're still in it or not. And so I really like watching Get Real and I really do like watching Eric Nam show as well too. Um, and especially since he's been doing lately this thing called um, Catching Up and it's basically just like him and his friends come on or like, you know, Yubin was on it. Nikon from 2PM was on it. A lot of like, it's done mostly in English. So a lot of the English speakers are on it. And, you know, it's like catching up during the year of the pandemic, right? And just seeing how people are doing. And I actually really, it's it's very, there's a, this weird sort of sense of comfort <laughs> from these YouTube shows of people that I've never met, but I've like been a fan of or known of for so long. Like, I don't know, it's very strange, but those things really help past a lot of this really shitty time this year so that's my answer okay um 
uh, at first I said none, <laughs> um, but in our all reality, all honesty, um, I didn't write this in, but I just thought about it. I think a little bit Temin, uh, but a lot of it Yanjin. Um, I've been consuming a lot of two by two content, specifically like um, their their little reality show or variety show that they have. Um, and then they're like V lives and stuff. Like I guess I said it earlier. They're like a really funny group of people. Um, <laughs> and there's <laughs> there's something about Yanjin I really like. He, <laughs> I, I say like I don't want to say why I like him on air because it's kind of embarrassing. It's nothing weird or anything. It's just kind of stupid. But um, I think he's just like really. Um, he has like the best facial expressions. <laughs> like when he when he sees something that he he thinks is weird, he'll make a face. Like I don't know. He just he has like very little. He like I don't want to say very little self control. Like it's like like people who wear their emotions on their sleeve in a way. Like I don't know. It's just very funny to me. Um, and yeah, all that really tomorrow by together just as a unit. I feel like uh, even though technically. I only really been into them the past couple of weeks. They really like watching their content really brightens my day. I think they, like I said, they're very real people. And like on their variety show, they cheat a lot. Like they cheat on every game almost. And I think that's realistic. Um, it's very different from like the, I feel like a lot of times with idol content, it's like perfected and polished, right? Whereas Tomorrow by Together, they're not good at variety. So that they'll have like huge spots where they just don't even talk because they're so consumed with the um the activity that they're doing. Or like they'll have huge segments where they're just like talking about random stuff for like 10 minutes and they should be kind of like us. <laughs> like we're, we're, we just sit there and we just talk about nothing and we go way off topic and then, but we eventually regroup. And I don't know. I just think it's so fun because it's, there's something about like when people who have like really extraordinary talents, um, which, you know, people always roast K-pop idols because even us, because, you know, there's, a perceived lack of talent in many of these uh, groups and with many of these artists, but with, with them, I think they do ha each have talents and they're very strongly talented at those things. Um, like Hyunin Kai is like an incredible pianist. Um, I, I feel like, or like Bomb is a really good guitarist, right? Um, I see these people being really, really great at these things. And then I turn around and see them, do and say things that I would do and say with my friends. And I, and it just, I don't know, it's something like that relatability aspect. And it kind of goes back. I don't know, Nat, if this is something that you maybe feel, and I know you kind of touched on it, but like when you watch like your YouTubers and stuff like that, it's like, just like that relatability factor that I think is really important for me. And I think that that's why I kind of fell into them so quickly. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, it's like you don't know them, but you kind of do. So there's yeah. a bit of comfort there. And so it's like... It's, it's like the image they portray or they, they project, whether it's intentional or unintentional, what they're putting out into the world is something you can really connect with. Yeah, and instead of 
you know, finding new YouTubers, you know, to get into if that's what you want to do. I mean, it's so easy just to fall into all the content that K-pop idols are doing now. So because everybody has like at least a channel, um, if it's not for the group, it's for them individually and they're putting out regular content now. So it's it, it's like it's the best of both worlds, you know, <laughs> it's the best of YouTubers doing YouTube things and then like the, your K-pop obsession in some ways. So, yeah. What about you, Ash? I would say um I guess it would I guess I would say got seven because they're the only group that I really kind of follow outside of K-pop like that because they're consistently always getting into something or doing something you know crazy you know or there's a story about them or you know they've done or said something off the wall um and so I do enjoy like hearing things about you know what you know the latest like the latest encounters are what they've done or said like throughout the whole quarantine like it's just been you know it's just kind of like an extra thing to kind of like brighten your day and be like oh god seven did something stupid again you know <laughs> I'll you know I'll you know click on the link and see what it was or you know they did something you know just kind of scandalous or just kind of crazy so yeah, I think Gas Seven was was kind of a a comfort. Uh, I will say that um, Gas Seven has the equal amount of controversies as um, Big Bang and EXO and BTS and. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the oh, we've been new. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. It, yeah, it's like, so difficult to find a like a K-pop group that has like little to no scandals like Absolutely. and 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 honestly <laughs> i'm walking a very dangerous line by getting into a group that's newly debuted because like <laughs> the possibility for scandals are endless <laughs> um you know it's not like their their clock is ticking right uh, and and it's not like they're like they're at where BTS is where I feel like honestly I would be shocked if BTS has another scandal just because like they're at a point where like they're so international that if they do oh I I feel like it would be I don't know I feel like they can't risk that and so I feel like their P I feel like their PR team works extra hard at this yeah, point so but no yeah God Seven. <laughs> that's part of my like why I kind of honestly that's part of why I fell out of got seven because you remember when I first came on the show like I was super into got seven yeah but like I started kind of getting down on them more and more because I felt like they were they were not improving they were not becoming better people um I, I can't say anything about now because I haven't really paid attention to got seven in like over a year at this point but I will say that like for a while I felt like oh my god they just are gonna keep disappointing me and I don't know, I can only really deal with so much like embarrassment and like disappointment and like really just feeling like you're problematic before I step away. Like, and even to problematic, it's like most of the time, if you show me once, I'm going, I'm, I'm stepping away. That's how it was with like BTS Jimin. Like you show me once, 
I step away. But some people, like I, I do give them the benefit of the. I don't know. It, it's a long. It's a whole thing, and we've talked about it before. But like, I don't know. I don't know why I got into this whole thing. I think you just triggered something like a thought in me when you start yeah. talking about like the problem that like they're up there with big bang and, and exo and bcs and all that no, so. I, you know i i mean we've talked a lot especially recently about bts and the things and i would say that you know at least monster x sorry monster x <laughs> think i don't think monster x has been in any dramas knock on wood but anyways um i at least i've got seven they they did apologize. I mean, you can do whatever you want with that apology, but at least I can well, say see, for me, thing. I don't know nothing about those things. Like, I don't... Yeah. I, so I just... We won't get into it because this is not the episode for it, but I'll let you right. know afterwards. Um, yeah, no, that would be cool. The rap sheet that GOT7 has and um, that's also a reason I was hesitant to get into them because one of the first things I ever heard of them was that trip to LA where things went Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like, too, one thing that I noticed because yeah. recently there was this whole like let's cancel SM thing trending. Um, yeah. And it was like a whole thing about NCT, and there was this whole thread about horrible things. Oh my god, that thread was super long. <laughs> but also, I put into perspective, there's 23 of them, so like, yeah. yeah. But I, one thing that I did notice is like, there are things that I saw in that thread, for example, that I was like, oh, actually, no, that's not true. Um, but they get spread like wildfire. And I'm not saying that that absolves any idol because just because that one thing is not true doesn't mean there's not like 10 other things that are true. But there was like one specific thing about Taeyong and I was like, no, that wasn't Taeyong in that situation. That was actually Baekhyun. But that's a whole other story. I'm not going to get into that. Um, the whole point is, is like there are times where that happens, but I think people are afraid to say it now because you get labeled as like trying to be an apologist when the reality is, is like, no, sometimes people really don't know what happened and they just kind of recycle something like what they've heard, you know? They follow the bandwagon and they like, because maybe that group was opposing their group, it's easy for them to be like, yeah, but they did this or they did that. And like, I just noticed- Oh yeah, um, armies do it all the time. Armies will twist and turn stuff. Yeah, I just, well, yeah. And I mean, I've noticed a trend too, um, like a lot of other podcasts on, on, on Twitter, sorry, mentioning like, are you guys actually calling things out because it's wrong or because, you know, this is a group you don't like. So it's he, he, right. instead of being actually upset about the things that they're doing that are, that they shouldn't be doing, you know? Well, did you see that trend about, um, Jimin and, um, Hwasa, which that's not true, but not. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't confirmed. There was like a Twitter trend and it was big over the weekend and it was like a somebody had said that um dispatch is going to reveal Jimin and Hwasa as a relationship and I'm like okay I'll believe when I see it but <laughs> like that what was really weird about that is like armies were heated and armies were like he would never date this like anti-black problematic girl and I'm like do you know do you know the the half about Jimin himself and then also like it's just like people will take things about other groups and they'll either blow them out of proportion which obviously Hwasa has done some horrible things so I'm not gonna take that away but either they'll do that or they'll pretend like their idol is just perfect like 
it's so strange to me. I don't get how you can do that when we have the receipts on it. Like, oh, Nat, that video you retweeted on Twitter where it was like that black girl saying that uh, on that TikTok video and she was doing oh a black power. Yeah. <laughs> like he, like how, you know, what did she call him? Did she call him something like the black king himself or something like that? Ash, have you seen um, Well, I mean, you were asking Ash if she's seen it. Did you see the TikTok about um, some black girl who I assume is a big fan of either BTS or RM was like how um, he messed up, but then because he's a black king or something like that, he apologized and she did the black powers like thing where she even got on her knees to do it. And it's like, one, there's no apology. Two, you look stupid. Like, you'd look a fool. Like, I mean, the whole thing is just really, really dumb. I don't know how much time I have to say this, but Korean people generally do not like black people. I, they don't like dark skin. They don't like the features. If they're going to get with anybody who's not Korean, it's going to be somebody who's white and probably a Russian. These are like, I feel like common, this is common knowledge, especially around like second gen fans i don't know if it's maybe like and, and third gen too i don't know if maybe it's like a new thing like a lot of new fans come in and they you know see opa and they want to date opa and blah 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 but like opa's not gonna date you and i don't mean it because i think that you're unworthy i'm just saying that korea and k-pop idols specifically have very 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 specific and high standards and black people generally do not fit in these things we're cool for trends we're cool for a cool factor, but outside of that, like, it's just probably not going to happen. And I'm not saying like 100% it's not going to happen because you never know, but I've been in this game for a very, very long time. And outside of some idols who have sex with black people, none of them are openly dating any of them. So... <laughs> yeah i don't know and also once again that's a straight lie because he never apologized for being colorist and saying the n-words so anyways <laughs> yeah i don't know when people will stop equal <laughs> but anyways so, so next we're gonna get to oh my the big awards <sighs> the day songs we're gonna get to the big ones so we're gonna start with song of the year Okay. And I would be relay. Like, Everybody say the song relay. Say the my, song in one sentence about it. Uh, well, I have like four. So I'm going to say my best song. No, no, we can only do four one. That's Breath, Boca, and Infinity. Those are my favorite songs this year. My worst song of the year was Dynamite. And I think you guys already know why. So we don't even have to discuss it. Next. Okay, well, my song of the year was Can't You See Me? It's the best song of the year. My worst song of the year is Resonance. <laughs> that is self-explanatory. Next. Ash. <laughs> my song of the year was not objectively the best song, but I picked it because it made me happy and I listened to it quite a bit. Um, I picked Nonstop by Oh My Girl. Oh my girl. <laughs> Anyways. So next we have album. No, of she didn't the do year. her worst. Oh yeah, sorry, Ash. Worst. Oh, worst. Do I have a worst? Um, if not, we can just go. Oh, um, my worst song was uh, "How You Like That." I'm good. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. We probably should have did MV of the year first. 
It's fine. Just because so, it's not as... Yeah, yeah, you're right. Um, the next category is MV of the year. Mine, also very quick, Breath and Boca. I didn't actually have a worse MV of the year. I didn't hate any of them. So there's that. <laughs> Mine, my best was Come Back Home by One Us. Very nice. much dramatic. And the choreography was great. Um, worse, I kind of threw something in there. But think about it. It wasn't actually even that bad. So I'm just going to say I don't have a worse. Next, Ash. My MV of the year was... Um... What was Taman's last name? Oh, Idea. Idea. Yeah, Idea. Yeah. Okay, that was my MV of the year, and then my worst MV of the year was Breakout by Prinza Prisma. No budget. Anyways, so album of the year for me. You're Oh, okay. Okay. Go. Go on. Go. Monster X. All about love. Big up. We didn't have a worst. I didn't want to put a worst in, to be honest. So, just to, we're just gonna focus on the love here. So, album of the year, Monster X, all about love. What do you guys have? I have album of the year. I'm trying to figure out if I have two or not. So, just give me one quick second. Okay, Ash. discography section. Ash, if you want to go. Okay. Mine was also Monster X All About Love. Big up. <laughs> okay, so mine was Temmy Never Gonna Dance Again Act One. Um, and a very close second is the Dream Chapter Eternity. There's only one song on the album that I I don't really like, and one song that I don't really listen to, or I actually I don't even think I've ever heard it, so um I can't really say that it's the best of the year but it's still great uh worst album of the year um i oh wait i i don't know because there was not a category for that next yeah there wasn't <laughs> so we're now at the last well not technically it's not the last um it's the last award it's the last award but we do have another little minor topic after that but anyways so so who gets the Niani? For best artist of the year. <laughs> I'm going to make this worst first. Okay, we can do worst first, but who gets the Niani for the worst artist of the year? And for me, it was BCS because I did not really like 95% of the music that they dropped this year. So Fair. that's my choice. For me, I'm going with NCT 2020, in all the units included. I just, <laughs> there was not from wavy to 127 for, to you to dream there was not a single unit that produced a consistent body of work that i enjoyed and i was highly disappointed by the the 2020 project fair ash um i went with the safe choice and just put stray kids <laughs> i would just... love to see it <laughs> oh wow. uh, yeah the yeah. same voice. Oh my god! <laughs> I don't know if we ever. Did. I don't know if we did worst male group. Now that I'm looking at it, because I don't remember Ash saying Nat saying right. seventeen. So right. I just quickly, just so y'all know, um, Ash, what was yours? Just one one group. Quickly, worst male group. Yes. Um. Okay, we're gonna come back oh. to you. Uh, oh, you got it. What'd you say? Yeah. Oh, I put um got seven. Oh, 
wow, spicy. Nat yeah. put 17. And Jimin, yes. I put, this is why I put, the reason why I want to say this real quick is because of what Ash just said. I put stray kids, question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> I don't know. They never seem to put out good music. <laughs> 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 okay. Okay. <laughs> now, goes to your best artist of the year 2020 I picked BTS because hate them or love them they had the best year of any entertainer I would say this year in terms of records in terms of numbers in terms of awards in terms of nominations no one did it better than BTS so they do deserve to be artists of the year okay well um I went for a more musically based. I did, actually wasn't even thinking about like all around. If that's the case, I'm, I would have had to change my worst artist then. But um, if we're going, ba- I would I picked the more musically based one, and I said Tevin is the best artist of the year for me. Uh, two by two is a very close second, but honestly, Tevin he just he's got that seniority on them. So um, and he also had a lot of success compared to like his other releases. Um, in earlier years, I like I think one of his music videos has like 30 million views, which is really like a lot for Tevin. Um, and yeah, he's just doing incredible stuff and, and doing Ward's work. So what about you, Ash? Who is your top best artist of the year? Um, I also was thinking overall, and so I also chose BTS just because I mean I I don't think of it as like they're like my personal best best but just you know they were tops in most categories so um you know they do deserve it you know regardless of you know what their personal output has been so yeah that's who I chose I will say quickly if I'm gonna go by like the th- music that I actually enjoyed this year <laughs> in comparison to what was actually at the top of the charts, then yeah, I probably would have picked Taman or I would have picked Scott Seven or Monsex. Those would have been probably my three and Sunny um, that I would have picked. Uh, but yeah, I just went by all around, and you know, no one's doing it better, I guess. Anyways, so the last category. We had uh, was general thoughts about 2020, you know, just overall in terms of K-pop and what you felt about it. Well, since I had quite a few, I'm just going to go through my list real quick. Sure. One, it was a hot mess of a year. Two, Tomorrow By Together is the best fourth gen, fourth gen boy group and might be the best boy group of like the past couple of years. I'm going to just keep it real with you. Uh. Three, Luna is falling off. Luna is falling off fast. For some reason, I put they need some milk right there. Um, four, AT still makes bad music for Black Korea booze. Uh, five, NCT stagnated like crazy and need a new game plan before they fall off. Six, Shiny is back to save K-pop once again. Seven, um, Sugar and Hendry have still not apologized. Please don't forget about that. 
uh, I seen a lot of y'all sugar stands go back. Y'all, at first y'all was like, mm, I'm off of sugar. And now y'all back up his balls. So no, he still hasn't apologized. And Hendry is straight trash. I don't know if you saw what happened with him putting on that wig. And then he going to turn around when the, and the, like the fan meet, the fan tried to like say, you know, why did you do that? And he was like, no, we're not talking about this. Like he literally said, we're not going to talk about this. And I'm just like, okay, so you're just certified garbage, which we've been new, but thank you for confirming. Uh, next, I said quarter four of 2020 brought us the best music overall, but Q3 has some of the best individual standouts like Blue Hour and, of course, Taman's entire album. Um, Q1 and Q2 are kind of forgettable outside of Tomorrow by Together to me, but Q3, Q4 is when you started seeing like Super M and Temin and like all of these, you know, great artists coming back. Um, <laughs> for some reason, I put <laughs> who even remembers January to August? Facts. I don't. Uh, and then I put, <laughs> I love that I'm agreeing with myself. Um, and then I put SM will, will not let Espa flop. And I truly believe in that. All of us who are complaining about Espa right now are going to come back in a year after Espa's released like four of our albums and we're going to be eating our words because I firmly believe SM, like SM is kind of doing the same thing with NCT where they're just throwing money at it and seeing what works. Um, and so far NCT seems to be working. They're selling a lot of albums despite their music going down in quality. Um, then I put South Korea needs to chill for a second. They are too obvious with the propaganda these days. I don't know if y'all notice if y'all peep what they were doing on Mama, but it was a lot of like propaganda, basically. It was just like showing like, don't get me wrong. South Korea has a, a rich culture. Every country has its own thing. But like there's something kind of strange about pushing um, like but uh, like something strange about explicitly stating like what you're going to do with your soft power. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't know. Am I being like, is that me being like um, having no, American I'm, privilege? No, I mean, I think it's very obvious. Like it's been like, there have been like news, like stories about like how they're basically using BTS and as soft power, like tools, like, People are noticing it like they know it's happening. I think what made me notice it the most is when I watch a lot of idol variety shows. And, and this is one, one reason why I feel like Tomorrow by Together, there's some real ones out there. Because when I watch a lot of other idol reality, variety shows and stuff like that, they are like, they'll take like a bowl of ramen, right? And then they'll eat it and they'll, they'll, they'll just eat it like it's the best thing they've ever eaten. And then when you ask them like their favorite food and their favorite food is clearly, I don't know, like escargot or like something bougie. And, and but they'll be like, I, I just love this cheap cup ramen that I got from the Korean convenience store. <laughs> I don't know. It's like so obvious. Yeah. I mean, in dramas too, it's like everybody has Samsung's, you know, it's like people generally but, don't. But that's because yeah. when you see them they really have iPhones <laughs> you know what though I will say that I thought that Korea and their push for soft power was crazy but I started watching some Chinese dramas and they full up have like the communist Chinese party being like literally like a club that they're in and pushing the whole Soviet relationship like 
Russia and Germany are really great, fantastic places and all of this weird oh, like yeah. pseudoscience. Like everybody is into physics. Like everybody is a physicist, I guess is the word or whatever. It's very strange. Um, I will say, regardless yes. of the country you're from, you know who pushes propaganda the most? Subway. Oh. Subway. Because <laughs> every every <laughs> I remember the network in Korea. I don't know it's TNT or T something, right? Every Uh-oh. drama they do sponsorship from Subway. So see the richest people in the world, but they will go into that subway and they will eat there four days a week, okay? And I noticed it in Chinese dramas too. So Subway really is the winner of soft propaganda, okay? See, I see it more so with Burger King in South Korea. They love them some Burger King, and I don't understand it, girl. <laughs> I don't know if you ever seen that picture. There's a picture on Twitter, and it's like this is what the ins- this is what um the inside of Burger King nuggets tastes like. It is like a picture of static. <laughs> I don't know how to describe <laughs> it. It's so yeah, funny, I, but it's so I why they sell nuggets when McDonald's already has nuggets. Like, And bro. to me, Wendy's has the superior nuggets, so I'm not really, I'm very confused. But anyway, th- this this propaganda is too obvious. Like, yes. I, I can't go one second without like it being kind of shoved down my throat a little bit. And you know what? I'm not complaining necessarily. I just think that it's like kind of cringy. It's like, it's kind of like how BTS is campaigning for a Grammy. That's how South Korea is campaigning for like world dominance right now. Um, but tomorrow by together when they're doing their videos they're like uh give me the pizza like where's the fried chicken like they're they're not you know what i mean like they are regular like like early 20 something people and it's not like i'm gonna pretend like this horrible like convenience store food is like the best thing i've ever eaten you know what i mean so like he who's like who literally straight up said in one of the videos like i don't know how to make korean food i can make other type of food but not Korean food. And so, you know what? <laughs> like if you watch Shiny, like he be making Italian dishes. He'd be making everything but Korean food. Yeah. And I'd be like, don't get me wrong. Korean food is good. But like, dang, even Japan don't be doing it. Japan don't be like, <laughs> I don't know. Japan don't be acting like, oh, you just have to eat tonkatsu. And like, that's the only thing you can ever eat. Like, you know what I mean? It's just such a strange concept. Or like you can only use Sony, you can't use anything else. I don't know. It's just very strange. Um, and then my last uh, twenty twenty thought that I had on here was Big Hit is a trash label, and I can't wait for Tomorrow by Together to finish their contract and join an American label because I really got my eyes open this year to how bad Big Hit was when I found out that they had Tomorrow by Together living in a closet, y'all. They was living in a one-room kind of apartment. Five, at the time, teenage boys living in one room. Oh, no, no. But they, they also had that one member who was like, hmm, I, maybe I'll sleep on the couch in the living room or the floor. Like, I'll just not be in, this in the closet Because he was like, and, and it was so funny because when they had asked him, because they did a, um, an episode of their variety show at their, like, dorm. And they had asked him, like, why do you sleep in the closet? And he wanted to tell the truth so bad, but the producer was looking at him. So he said, because I want to, uh, <laughs> what's, what's that fool say? <laughs> he I said, lower the, 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 the carbon dioxide. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the CO2 emissions. <laughs> I said, <laughs> the CO2 emissions. 
<laughs> my poor baby like I, I said I'm gonna get you out of here bomb you I'm gonna save you I'm so tired and and like one thing that really like creeped me out was like the army moas were really sad when they moved out of the old dorm and moved into this new dorm which is not much bigger but they were really sad because they were like oh man like I, I wish they could they were still sharing one room because th- like now their bond is gonna break apart and I'm like what so sharing a room is what made you think like help i don't understand the logic there like you think they're not going to be friends anymore because they're not sharing a room a small room at that with two bump beds no <laughs> girl fine. they're adults they're men they don't grown men yanjun okay. is yanjun can come over here and have a shot of jaeger with me if he wanted to like <laughs> shout out to aaron jaeger um <laughs> I don't know. That's my general 2020 thoughts. If y'all trying to put together a lawsuit, let me know. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm this, like, I'm really, really, that had me messed up when I found out Big Hit had them. And Big Hit, and mind you, Big Hit has been a billion dollar, a multi-billion dollar company for years now. Years. Had them boys living in that, mm, I'm mad. Sorry, go ahead, guys. What's your general 2020 thoughts? Uh, I'll be quick. Music scene was not as impressive as the numbers may suggest. <laughs> and I mean that all like pretty much across the the docket. Doesn't matter if you're soloist in a group, um, whatever gender you identify with, like the numbers are all there. Yes, they're higher than ever. Like everybody's doing, you know, things that people never thought they would be able to do. But the music itself. Mm, it wasn't that good. I actually found myself listening more to Western music this year than K-pop. And I mean, I've listened to a crap load of K-pop, but not a lot of it stuck in the way that Western music has for me this year. So yeah, I I do need K-pop to be a little better next year. Um, <laughs> I just needed, it, I don't know, maybe some of these groups need to let go of that disco trends that they're, you know, all a part of and rediscover themselves, you know, but we're going to be doing a lot of album reviews next year and just like a lot of other sort of content. So I'm definitely excited about that. And I am excited next year for things to calm down a bit (laughs) and uh, for people to, you know, gain some perspective, gain some empathy, maybe be a little bit better. So yeah, those are my general thoughts about 2020. What about you, Ash? Um, yeah, it's pretty much been kind of a what happened type of feel. Like, like it just it's generally been pretty forgettable for me. I feel like I didn't really start feeling inspired by some of the releases, at least by the newer gen until like the end of the year you know some some there have been some good releases um in the past couple of months but generally like you both said like it just you know the the quality just hasn't been there and you know even with all the record-breaking you know sales and all the attention and everything um it hasn't really done much for quality so yeah i yeah i i hope that the upcoming year has more 
um, has, you know, better level of like music, like just better music in general. All right. So I hope that you guys all enjoyed the Nine Annie Award 2020 edition. We had a lot of fun putting things together and maybe just walking back through this very, very long and strange, strange and unpleasant year. <laughs> um, uh, before we sign off, we yeah. should do a, um, we should do uh, make a, a wait, what was I, I don't know how to say it, but we should like uh, match ourselves up to say what Titan we would be. But I don't know Titan. if Ash, Ash wouldn't I don't play it that far. Oh. She didn't get that far. You guys yeah. can do it. I'm sad. No. I will say that we are going to be doing a Attack on Titan episode, which is going to be like a catch up. Plus, you know, we're going to talk about the next two episodes. Uh, me, Jimin, and maybe Nikki. I have to confirm that. Uh, but we are going to be doing that as a Nyan and Soju Chronicle collaboration. So do look out for that because we're going to actually record that this week. And it's very exciting because Attack on Titan is everything. Um, and also, you know, obviously, if you guys have anything you want to say to us or you want to reach out to us, you can catch us on email at notyouraveragenetizens at gmail.com, netizens on Instagram and Facebook. Nyan Edison's on Twitter. So that's N-Y-A-N-E-E-I-Z-E-N-S. And you can pretty much say anything you want. Just let us know. I mean, obviously, if it's out of pocket, you know, <laughs> it'll get blocked and deleted and whatnot. But if you guys have any comments, questions, concerns, you just want to say hi, you want to give us some feedback, please do at any of those handles. We're always here to listen to you. I will say that we do catch check our um gmail and twitter a lot more often than the other ones so those would probably be the better place to reach out to us we have so much fun things that are in the works um for nyan the brand both you know our regular through our regular podcast and also through our patreon content which we are trying to grow and we're wanting to give you guys some unique experiences and just more of us talking about the things that we like and enjoy and love and maybe you know throw some shade in there because you know <laughs> but you know we this is going to be pretty much the last episode of the year so you know i hope you guys all have a very happy holiday season whatever you celebrate and also um happy new year if that's also relevant and uh just you know charging forward being positive it's always a good thing and anything else you guys want to add Shout outs to um, all of the listeners for helping us in the year with the bang. We really appreciate you guys. Um, shout outs to all of our patrons. Like much love to you all. As Nat said, so much stuff coming through the pipe. Um, shout outs to the fact that it's 222 and I literally, okay, it's not 222, but uh, um, we've been recording for two hours and 22 minutes and I've been seeing 222 everywhere like everywhere um shout outs to palm for being adorable and being literally taming like he's literally taming like i think that's why i like him so much shout out to yanjin for being like such a king slash queen 
Let me know if that's okay to say. Uh, shout outs to Subin for having, for being 6'1". Uh, we love height. No offense to all the shorties out there, but like, shout outs to height. Um, NBA basketball is back. Shout outs to NBA basketball. And shout outs to Ash and Nat and Jay. Like, shout outs to you guys for real, for real. And shout out to Attack on Titan. I, I would never forget them. Uh, shout out to Hajime Isayama uh, for making 2020 the uh, one of the more interesting years of my life, <laughs> which is kind of strange to say. <laughs> um, but needless to say, we've been in quarantine and all that. So I feel like it's okay to say. Shout out to Aaron Yeager for being fine. Um, and shout outs to like Reiner. I'm not going to say nothing, but like, I cry. We love you, baby. Even Nat loves you. I do love Aaron Eager. I have to Girl, put it you heard me clearly say Reiner. Um, yeah, I do love Aaron Eager. And- <laughs> <laughs> Stop it. Reiner's a good guy. You just don't want to see it. We'll discuss that later. Uh, Ash. Ash. <laughs> <laughs> um, shout outs to Nat and Jimin and Jay for being such great co-hosts this year and for keeping the podcast running. Thanks for Ash Aww. for putting up. For, uh, thanks to Ash for putting up with us. Us with a capital U and a capital S. Nat, you should thank me for putting up with you. Mm, you love me, so it's okay. Anyways, <laughs> thanks to Ash, obviously, for giving us this platform <laughs> and for being the OG, obviously. And um, yeah, thanks to us, I guess. We've had an interesting year. I mean, we have con- consistently put out content. <laughs> across the board in one of like the worst years of human history so yeah shout out to us shout out to you guys you know our patrons and just any listener any even if you're just picking us up now like shout out to you um hopefully you guys have a good year shout out to golden child i feel like we haven't shouted them out in a while and i think that they i think next year is going to be golden child's year wait didn't golden child just have a scandal I thought like I said this last episode too. <laughs> you know what? I'm taking that back. <laughs> yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm taking that back. But, anyways, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, this is us for 2020, and we will see you guys on the other side. Bye. 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 Bye.